On Monday evening, an Episcopalian minister was handing out water to protesters in Washington, D.C. and uh, looking out for St. John's Parish, her, her old church she used to be the minister at. And all of a sudden, flashbang grenades explode around her and she's floored and finds herself in a cloud of tear gas. She says this after it all happened. I was coughing with tear gas in my clergy collar and my grey hair and my old lady reading glasses so that the man, so that that man could stand there and hold a Bible in his hand and look Christian. It was a cheap PR stunt. The truth is, the world is in a cloud of division and we are struggling to find a way out. The world is, is squinting its eyes, trying to see beyond the sting of division in this cloud that we find ourselves in, but it can't seem to ever see beyond it. The truth is that throughout human history, we have been lost in different clouds of division. We have always been lost in division. Just look at Glasgow. It might be one of the greatest cities on the planet, sure, I'm biased. It is the best city in the world. Um, And it has the most wonderful people. And although we have made great progress, the, the thing is, look, we, still have all sorts of horrible divisions in our society. Bigotry still divides. Wealth distribution still divides. Social hierarchies still divide. Toxic politics still divide. And there is certainly racism in this city. It seems as though that when progress is made with one divisive issue, another raises its ugly head. The world is not in a place of unity and harmony and peace. It's in a stinging cloud of division and struggling to see the way out. Praise God, though, we just happen to be in Ephesians 1, 8 through 10 this morning as we continue with our series, Life to Live, in Ephesians. And here is what it says. If you've got a Bible, grab it. We're going to start halfway through verse 8 in chapter 1 of Ephesians, and um, it'd be great if you could follow along. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. What's going on in the world? Why is there still so much division in the world? Don't you just wish you knew how all this was going to play out? What's going to happen in the end? Well, Paul describes this mystery here to us about something that's been hidden or it's been vaguely hidden. It's, It's been difficult to see, a little like what it must have been like for that minister on Monday night to to be in this cloud and and peering out with stinging eyes and and trying to see beyond it. She could tell that that reality was out there, but but dazed and confused and, and not able to see beyond it. And actually, the good news 
is that that is not a mystery. The, the mystery described here is not a mystery that can never be discovered. It's not that kind of mystery. It's, a, it's actually a mystery revealed, a mystery that was always supposed to be revealed, a mystery that meant that the people of God before Jesus came and he lived and he died in our place and rose again and poured out his spirit before those moments, we were all lost in a cloud. And before we discover the truth of that, we all have been lost in a cloud, unable to see this glorious mystery until the cloud is lifted and our eyes are opened. Now, if you've been doing much reading this week, you'll have seen all kinds of opinions and uh, all kinds of ideas about how we overcome division. Much of it true, much of it really helpful, but almost none of it ultimate. I've seen very little out there about the good news, the hope that we have that this unity will not, this disunity will not exist forever. This hatred will not exist forever. None of it has been dealing with the big underlying problems of humanity that cause division and hate to raise their ugly heads in the first place. None of it presenting a guaranteed future we are all made for. We need more than opinion pieces, blogs, vlogs, and stats on Instagram. What we really need is the wisdom and understanding of God, like Paul talks about here. Now, in this series, we've already discovered that those of us in Christ have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's been gifted to us, every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he's given us a, a new kingdom life to live kingdom life to enjoy. And now, as, as if that wasn't enough and God's grace wasn't lavish enough with just that, he has also given us insight into his eternal purposes. And the word for word, for word translation in verse 10, the beginning of verse 10, actually begins, the fullness of the times. It is a, a time coming that will be the culmination of all time that will last forever. And what are God's eternal purposes for all time and for this divided world? The unifying of all things in Jesus. Just imagine it. No hate, no injustice, a society where Everyone and everything is working together towards one goal, one purpose, to the glory of God, this God who is love, all of us together in Christ, the bride of Christ, the body, the church, bringing glory to God for eternity. And every single part of creation, when the heavens and the earth unite to make this new creation, will be together. Extraordinary. Now in chapter 3 we'll see that Paul's going to zoom in on this mystery revealed to show that this unity is particularly about unity between Jews and Gentiles in the church in Ephesus. But zoomed out right here, uh, at the beginning in chapter 1, we, we see a zoomed out version of that. And it's not just Jews and Gentiles, it is 
all people, every single nation, every single type of person welcomed by God to become the one redeemed community of God in the restored kingdom of God. Everyone, all made in his image, all welcomed into his family through Christ, in Christ, through Jesus. Now, this phrase to bring unity is actually quite a bit more than that. It's actually about a culmination. It's about a, a coming together of everything, all things. It's the same phrase Paul uses in Romans 13 when he says that all the Old Testament law can be summed up, is the phrase uh, there. And, and it's the same phrase here that's used, just interpreted slightly differently. And, and he says that, lo- that all the commands can be summed up by two simple commands. Love God and love your neighbour. If you do those two things, all the other commands will come naturally to you because you already understand the goal of all the commands, which is to love God, love people. It is to be about love. If you get love, then you get the commands. If you understand what true love is, love that is defined by God, the God who is love, you get it. You get the rest of it. The commands all can be summed up come together. And actually, that's what Paul is saying here. When Jesus returns, all of the cosmos, that means everything, that means every cell, not just, not just people, but everything, will have the same goal in Christ. All things will be summed up as existing to the glory of God in perfect unison. No knees will be pressed down onto someone's neck. Instead, every knee and all of creation will be bowed down to the ways of Jesus. Patrick Hamilton was a a priest and an academic at St Andrews University back in the uh, 16th century. And uh, he was a bold 24-year-old when he had the cloud of Uh, uh, that stopped him seeing the mystery of God's purposes lifted and revealed was this mystery to him. And he realised that ordinary people, all people, are called to be united in Christ through what he has done in his death and his resurrection. He he recognises that the Bible is for all people, that everyone should get access to it and hear it and know this glorious message. And in doing that, in, in boldly stepping out and preaching about that and talking to people about that and speaking against the might of Rome, in 1528, he is tried and executed all at the same time in one day in St Andrews on North Street. And actually... He was executed by burning and the fire, the the gunpowder that was used uh, to get the fire going wouldn't light properly because there was such a a strong easterly wind. Now, if you've been to St Andrews or Fife, you will realise that there is often a strong easterly wind 
and it meant that the fire burned very slowly and it took him six hours to die. During that time, people cried out to him, repent, just turn from this, apologize, and you will be saved. Not once did he flinch because he knew the importance of this message. He knew that this was a, a, a gospel issue that people could come to know God for themselves just where they are, that they could know him no matter who they are, what their background is. Any human being could know God and was being welcomed in to the family by God. Now in first century Ephesus at the temple of Artemis, it was only seers and prophets, the, the super spiritual, if you like, who could know the mysteries of the gods. Patrick Hamilton in St. Andrews, he understood the same gospel that Paul is reminding the believers in Ephesus about here. You do not have to be some kind of biblical scholar or deeply spiritual person or in some ways assimilate to a point of understanding or a point of spiritual uh, strength uh, or somehow feel something, make yourself feel something before you can have this extraordinary mystery revealed to you. It's revealed to all, to ordinary people, people given a new perspective on the purposes of the world, joined to Jesus. The glory of Christianity once again shows itself as radically inclusive of all people. Anyone in Christ has this mystery revealed to them. Jesus will return and under his glorious kingship, this rule and reign that he now has, but will come and claim and bring together all things. That truth is ours now, no matter who we are. We're all invited into that. If you really want the power to see love reign and not hate and division, you need Jesus. Because we are all created to be one in Christ. Now perhaps all the protests this last couple of weeks have been overwhelming to you. You've found it difficult to process it and work out where do you stand in all of this? Like what, what, in what way have, have we uh, been part of the problem? And maybe in, in what way do I find this difficult? And you've just been struggling with it. Maybe you just feel a little bit in despair and think, well, when is this ever gonna go away? Well, we know that this injustice and this horrible hatred will end. As Christians, we know it will end. We do not need to despair. We can have confidence. We can be certain that the day is coming when all of God's children will reign together with Christ. Nothing can frustrate the fulfillment of God's design. Of that, you can be extremely sure. Now, before Dr. Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech, he marched on Washington, D.C. with 250,000 other people, and they sang, we shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. Oh, deep in my heart, I do believe that we shall overcome one day. We will walk hand in hand. We'll walk hand in hand someday. Then Dr. King spent much of that speech preaching 
from Isaiah 40. A glorious I have a dream speech was based on these verses. I have, it says, a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Jesus is the Lord that Isaiah prophesied about. Now the messaging that day sums up so beautifully what this is all about. We must fight for unity in Christ today while knowing that, oh, one day, someday, this will all be overcome. Why? Because Jesus has overcome. He has disempowered sin, hatred. He's broken down dividing walls. He's defeated death. He has risen from the dead. He's risen on high. And he empowers us now by his ascended glory, pouring out his spirit upon us so that we can live out something of that day to come today. Do you see that? Do you you want restoration in the world? Do you want healing in the world? We need to be in Christ. The most important thing that we as believers can respond with here is to know that we need to be in Christ in every way. When St. Patrick returned to Ireland after his enslavement and long journey back to Ireland, he returned in the turn of the fourth century, having... uh, been given this passion, having the mystery revealed to him and his passion for Jesus and and just knowing that he needed to go back to his people in Ireland and tell them the gospel, this godless place. And when he did, him and the, the monks that he went with, the missionaries he went with, they set up monastic communities and they prayed. They spent loads of time praying. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed and then they would go and they would tell people about this glorious gospel, this good news about Jesus and his love. And actually that was the same thing that happened in Scotland and in other parts uh, of Europe at the time. People would come and, and just pray, rely on the power of God and then go and tell people this good news. And one of St. Patrick's prayers that is... Uh, now called the breastplate prayer, understood to be this breastplate prayer that he regularly prayed. And I love part of it. It says this, Christ in me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ within me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ to my right, Christ to my left, Christ in my lying, Christ in my sitting, Christ in my rising. If we want to get out of the clouds to see the purposes of God being revealed today, uh, his eternal purposes, his kingdom purposes revealed and overcoming hatred with love, we need Christ, 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 Christ. We need more of Jesus. Understanding that this is the real power to break all of this is Jesus. There's nothing more important for a believer than knowing that their status is in Christ, 
Remember, Paul says in Christ 11 times in 14 verses for a reason. And it's why in Revelation, the Bible ends by saying three times that Jesus is going to return to the earth. That the same Jesus who walked upon the earth, who, who dealt with earthly, uh, earthy problems and was willing to stand with the prostitute and willing to stand with the Samaritan and the tax collector, those who are left out of society, those who are rejected by society, those people that he walked with. If we, if we get this, if we get that that is the same Jesus who, is, who died and then rose again and then was ascended on high and is going to return, we're going to see that it's him who is uniting all kinds of people together in his family, in his kingdom. And if we can get that, we can, from that place, be in a position of strength, a position where by his Holy Spirit working through us, we can display something of that day to come and something of the way in which Jesus was when he walked upon the earth. My great auntie Bunty was a real character. She always brought life to the party and uh, she was never scared to share her opinion. And actually there were a few really helpful things that she used to say to me. One of them was this, Ian, you need to get your head out of the clouds. And she was right. As a teenager particularly, I remember just dreaming about all these big dreams I had of uh, just ridiculous things. And, and actually, it wasn't earthy. It wasn't connected to real people. Everyday people who have all kinds of struggles. And we as Christians have a duty to be connected to real ordinary people and their pain and hurt and struggles. The prospect of Jesus coming down out of the clouds shouldn't just clear the cloud that reveals the mystery of God's purposes for the future. It should take our heads out of the clouds today to see and do something about the realities of division and prejudices in our day now, today. Let the unity to come reveal to you the disunity in Scotland today. Oh, open your eyes, get out the clouds, open your eyes to what's in front of you. Let it feed your desire for a Glasgow that is all about the unity of Christ. Joining, seeing people joined together, being honoured as image bearers, calling them to be part of this family. When Jesus returns, he's going to return to unite his church around his throne, past and present from every corner of the earth, all nations and all people types. That's one of the reasons we are a church that exists for God's glory and Glasgow's good in pers as we pursue love, truth and unity. That's why I see those banners every time we meet on a Sunday when we're meeting in the flesh. Love, truth and unity put up every week. We just want to remind people, hey, we're about these things. We're about love, truth and unity. And we need to ask ourselves some hard questions. Who would feel welcome at Glasgow Grace? Who would feel welcome? Who would feel like they belong? Who would immediately think, oh, I'm, I'm loved by this group of people? 
Would a refugee from Syria feel that way? Would a black 20-something from South London feel that way? Would an Eastern European with very little English feel that way? Would a person with a severe disability feel that way? Would a single 40-something feel that way? Would a Chinese student feel that way? Uh, Would an older married couple feel that way? Would a teenager feel that way? Would an, an addict, a drug addict, an alcoholic, would they feel that way? Would they all feel well, equally welcomed and embraced at Glasgow Trace? These are the kind of questions we've got to keep asking our, ourselves as we seek to display what we know is to come through the way we live today. We also have to ask, have to ask ourselves, what is it about my life and perhaps some of the privileges that I've had that means that I don't really understand the struggles of other people? And have I made the effort to understand them? to get alongside and make sure that I'm not treating someone differently, assuming something about their talents may be based on their ethnic background, assuming something about the career that they might be doing based on their background. I mean, are there, are there anything, is there anything in you that is full of some kind of pre- uh, prejudice? When was the last time you called someone a Ned in Glasgow? What part of you, when you did that, felt as though you were able to do that? I feel justified to do that. Another human being made in the image of God, you called them a non-educated delinquent and in doing so felt some kind of superiority over them. What made you think you could do that? Well, what is it that, that blinded you from seeing that that's a, that's a problem? That's a real issue. You didn't even get to know them. You didn't go and chat to them. And yet you made a big judgment on them. The people of God are to display the purposes of God, which will one day be complete. That's why when Paul writes to the church in Colossae, he he actually further uh, elaborates on this mystery revealed as Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we want hope in a world clouded by division and hate, we need the wisdom and understanding of God, the mystery of his eternal purposes revealed so that We can live it today and look forward to it in the future. Lord Jesus, thank you that you will return, that we do not have to be in a a state of despair, but we have great hope in you. We know that you will return. We thank you for revealing to us your wisdom and your purposes for the future, that one day you will unite all things in this glorious new creation. We can't wait to be there, but God, help us now to display it, to work it out in our lives now, the way that we love each other as the church, the way that we love this city, the way that we work to break down hatred so that love can conquer, so that love can win. Come, Lord Jesus, in the power of your Holy Spirit and use us to be people who unite rich and poor. Use us to be people who unite people from all kinds of ethnicities, 
Use us to be people who unite those from the east east end and the west end, from people who have Catholic backgrounds and Protestant backgrounds. God, people who grew up perhaps in different parts of the city that used to fight one another in territorial gangs, but both one to you in your love, Jesus, and now hand in hand worshipping you in your kingdom. God, we pray for that kind of thing. We want to be a church that displays unity. Use us, we pray. And Lord, those who are hurting right now, God, comfort them with your love. Show them that you are for them. Show them that they are made equally in your image. Show them that they are adored by you. Show them a community, and I pray it be like ours. Would we be one of these that embraces them, loves them, and knows them as well and as intimately as anyone else? We love you, Jesus. Come do your radical gospel work in our city, we pray. Amen.